JBFE Studios is the Jade Motel Football Experience. And now here's your host, Jake Botel. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Football Experience. An absolute bloody pleasure, as always, to have your company on the show. Great day here. Bit chilly. Got a little heat pack under my feet here in the studio. Can't have the heater on... Uh, Otherwise, it'll be unsightly or, or un, unhearingly. I don't know what the correct terminology is there. Basically, if I have the heater on, you'll hear it. There'll be an annoying whir in the background. So um, my excellent producer had the idea to uh, warm up a little bit of a heat pack in the microwave and stick it under the old footsies, and it's working wonders on the old body temperature. Hope you guys are well wherever you are today. Going to get stuck into the big Jack Jacksonville Jaguars fire sale um, later on in the episode. Before that, going to go over some uh, some key injury news and a little bit of stuff on the, uh, the transaction front. A few big... Uh, one big deal in particular, a trade involving those same Jacksonville Jaguars and the Minnesota Vikings. But before we get to all of that, just a quick reminder, you can get involved in supporting the JBFE on Patreon. What does that mean, you might ask? Well, if you're not familiar, Patreon is a website that links artists uh, with their fans and viewers, listeners, however, whatever the, the medium might be, basically, you can give a small amount a month to an artist or a, or a project that you like, that you follow, that you're invested in, and that basically helps that artist to create the work that you love to listen to, love to watch, love to play, whatever it is. Uh, and the JBFE is on Patreon. Here's an example of some of the extra sort of bonus content you can get as part of the JBFE's Patreon. One, you get access to the private JBFE Facebook community uh, where we do all sorts of things like draft games, talk football, um, that sort of thing. We've been doing a draft recently. Um, we, we did one where we were drafting football teams using only players from the 2019-2018 uh, draft. So that was a bit of a challenge um, amongst the community there, and it's that was good fun. But here's an example of what you get on the Patreon page today. I was, um, I was actually sorting out my desk. I was going through some old papers, um, just trying to get things cleaned up before hustle season starts. The NFL just being 10 days away and going to be getting into the thick of it with content for you guys. And I found a couple of old sketches. Now, some of you guys might have heard me talk about the football slash sci-fi slash action slash adventure comic book. I'm uh, 
sort of putting together in my mind and hopefully putting together in actuality in the near future. Sort of think Hellboy meets Leatherheads. That'd be one way you could think of it. Uh, but anyway, I found some uh, some character concept sketches that I'd worked on uh, maybe a couple of months ago. And so I, I snapped some pictures of those and popped them up on the Patreon uh, for people to have a look at, for the patrons to have a look at. So that's the sort of thing, you know, you get some some more, those personal touches when I share those sorts of things, those sorts of behind the scenes bits and pieces. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with how those sketches came up. Drew, drew one of the main characters and uh, one of the side characters and there's an opening page, a rough layout uh, for what the opening page of the comic book might look like. So that's the sort of stuff that I'm going to put on Patreon. I'm not going to lock away any of it, you know, my, my episodes because I like to get that out to the people, you know, like that to be available to you guys, whether you're patrons or not. Um, but there's some extra stuff you guys can unlock which you might enjoy if you love listening to the JBFE. And it helps me keep my lights on. You can become a $1 Wildcat, a $3 Thunderer, or a $5 Firebird, or a $10 Titan. Monthly amounts in US dollars. Cancel or change at any time. All right, let's get that out of the way. Let's get into this news. And I want to start off on the injury front. Uh, obviously, there'll be a lot talked about this season in the NFL with, uh, as it pertains to injury and, you know, will having no preseason games contribute to more injuries, etc., etc. Well, the LA Chargers have been hit with a, a pretty major injury, really. And it, unfortunately, it's a guy who suffered a fairly significant injury uh, with the Chargers last season. Derwin James, the Chargers' safety has suffered what is now a season-ending knee injury, uh, as reported by NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Uh, Derwin James missed 11 games last season with a stress fracture in his right foot off the back of an absolutely outstanding 2018 rookie season where he racked up three interceptions, three and a half sacks, and 105 tackles and was selected as first-team All-Pro and to the Pro Bowl in his rookie year. So James will have to undergo season-ending knee surgery ahead of the 2020 campaign, which will obviously rule him out of the Chargers 2020. I imagine we'll get some coverage of this in uh, episode four of Hard Knocks coming up this week, but that's a, it's a real blow to the Chargers and an absolute you know, a real blow to one of the, the great up-and-coming defensive players in the NFL. So Derwin James out for the season with uh, knee surgery. Flip over to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz, the Eagles QB, is apparently day-to-day. This is uh, in an article by E.J. Smith of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Wentz, uh, dealing with a lower body injury after missing Sunday practice at Lincoln Lincoln Financial Field, dealing with a soft tissue injury there. The team, apparently... Being cautious with this one, um, no information given as to how he got the injury, and given Wentz's history with injury, now this is one of the big things that's always talked about with Carson Wentz and his his viability as a starter in the league and all that sort of thing. Uh, you can understand the team being cautious with him. Uh, so so Wentz day to day, I don't think he's missed a hell of a lot of. Uh, 
practices or anything like that yet, but he, but he is listed as day-to-day in dealing with a lower body soft tissue injury. The Eagles talk about being snake bit by injury. Jalen Rager, their rookie wide receiver, uh, drafted out of TCU, exited Sunday's practice early with a shoulder injury. Uh, Ian Rappaport again reporting uh, on Good Morning Football that Rager dislocated his shoulder and is expected to miss at least a couple of weeks. No surgery needed, but could miss the season opener on September 13th against the Washington football team. So that's something to keep in mind for Eagles fans as we move towards that season opener on September 13th against the football team. Also one to think of uh, if you're thinking about taking a flyer on him in, in your fantasy draft. Um, that you may be missing him uh, for the for a few weeks of the of the season to start things off. Another wide receiver, Cooper Cup at the LA Rams, does not have an ankle injury apparently, but does have soreness. Per Omar Ruiz, I believe of NFL Network, Omar Ruiz. Uh, Ian Rappaport later reported that Cup has a muscle strain on the side of his lower leg, just above the foot. Uh, expected to be ready for opener against the Cowboys. Um, Stu Jackson, the staff writer for the Rams, says that uh, Sean McVay refuted a report from yesterday that Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup sustained a low ankle sprain in Saturday's scrimmage, saying Cup had pre-existing soreness in his lower leg. There was a specific play uh, during the scrimmage, uh, and this is all from that article from by Stu Jackson of the Rams, um, Cup basically said that he was feeling some soreness. According to McVeigh, the team had him get an x-ray for precautionary reasons. And that x-ray came back uh, in the negativo. And, you know, I guess what I'm sort of interested in is, you know, the, the Sean McVeigh, I remember, you know, the, the way that the, the Todd Gurley injury was discussed. It was very sort of roundabout and, and, and sort of evasive. And that's kind of what I, uh, I sort of get from this in a way. You know, he does not have an ankle injury, but he has got a muscle strain on the side of his lower leg just above the foot. You know, kind of in that ankle area. Uh, that's not that's uh, my words, of course, not uh, McVeigh's or Rappaport's or Ruiz's or anyone else's. But I just, I don't know. The the Todd Gurley injury was discussed in such evasive terms by McVeigh uh, last season uh, and leading into 2019. And you just wonder. Uh, you just hope that yeah, that Cooper Cup will be ready to go. It seems like he will be for the, their September 13th season opener against the Dallas Cowboys, but we'll monitor that situation. Again, Cooper Cup, one of those wide receivers uh, that you might have been thinking about taking in the fantasy uh, draft this season. Well, just keep an eye out because uh, you just want to monitor these things to make sure your uh, NFL fantasy team draft doesn't go down the gurgler. Let's head to New Orleans and running back Alvin Kamara. Uh, There's some rumblings about a potential holdout. Uh, He's missed practices uh, since Friday and uh, Sean Payton refused to say whether that was due to injury or not. Now, if Kamara does hold out, you wonder that the bulk of the carries might fall to a guy like Latavius Murray, 
there for the Saints. Uh, the Saints surely would be hoping to lock Kamara up long term. Uh, but at the moment, this 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 has the feeling, uh, just reading a few articles, uh, that this is definitely sort of holdout related. Um, obviously, you know that hasn't been confirmed, but it, it has that feeling to it. So the Saints um, missing a key piece uh, from practices since Friday in running back Alvin Kamara. Let's talk about another running back here, Leonard Fournette. 25-year-old former first-round draft pick has been waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off the back of a 1,000-yard rushing season at 4.3 yards per carry in 2019, as well as 76 catches from 100 targets uh, for 6.9 yards per reception and no touchdowns. Fournette played 36 games in three seasons with the Jags. 2,632 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns at four yards per carry. 2017 uh, was far and away his best season uh, in terms of the stats marrying up with what you saw on the field. That was the season that the Jags came within, you know, a breath of the Super Bowl. uh, And and Leonard Fournette was a massive part of that. I remember uh, watching the Steelers get utterly dismantled at home by Jacksonville, and Fournette was just unstoppable uh, in 2017. It's interesting, you know, although a lot of people were saying that, oh, he hadn't panned out, and he was a bust or whatever, you know, the dude still put up a 1,000 yards rushing last season, and and that 4.3 yards per carry in 2019 was the highest yards per carry of his career. Obviously, that they targeted him one a hundred times for seventy six catches, for just the six point nine yards per reception and no touchdowns. I went back and I was watching some Jacksonville uh, game tape last night, trying to get a look at Gardner Minshew because I, I didn't actually get to watch a lot of Gardner Minshew last season. So, just putting a little, you know, a few eyes on, uh, given sort of the hype around him going coming into this season. And, you know, there were a lot of times where they're, they're sort of just... It's often Leonard Fournette out in the flat where they're dumping to him as sort of that release valve. Um, but So he wasn't doing a lot after the catch, let's be honest, at 6.9 yards per reception on those. 76 catches and no touchdowns. But still, that's a fairly significant part of their offense uh, now removed. And with nothing... In return, they've just waived him. They they tried for a month or so to find a deal, to, to find a trade partner, could not secure one. So the former first round pick at just age 25 is waived. I would expect, you know, it, it's kind of a maybe low hanging fruit to say that I expect a team like the Patriots to kick the tires on Fournette and see what he still has uh, to offer. I mean, the guy's only 25. He's only heading into his fourth season of NFL football just seems like the sort of thing that would happen. You can just imagine him falling to the Patriots, you know, again, for nothing, and they'll sweep in, have a look, and he'll churn out a thousand-yard season or something uh, alongside Cam Newton. But, uh, you know, a healthy and fully firing Leonard Fournette is an impressive sight to see. He was a fun rusher to watch, particularly in 2017. So, personally, from a from an objective entertainment factor, I hope Fournette uh, comes back hits top form, and we can all enjoy that again. 
How ironic would it be if uh, the Patriots have Cam Newton fall in their lap for virtually nothing and, say, like a Leonard Fournette, and then they just run it back and go to the Super Bowl? Hashtag typical. All right, let's stay on the Jags here and, and talk about this trade and then move into uh, the, the broader picture down in Jacksonville. So defensive end Yannick Ngokwe traded from Jacksonville to Minnesota for a 2021 second-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick, which uh, reportedly can become a third-round pick in the 2022 draft. Ngakwe is a fourth-year starter in the NFL. His best year coming in 2017. Again, the Jags were electric in that 2017 season, where he had 30 tackles, 12 sacks, and six forced fumbles. He's totaled 37.5 sacks in 63 games for the Jags with 122 tackles and 14 forced fumbles. The 25-year-old is a nice replacement for 32-year-old Everson Griffin, uh, who is now a member of the Cowboys and complements Daniil Hunter in that Vikings pass rush. A few whisperings I saw in a few articles, uh, some Vikings fans perhaps worried that... uh, Ngokwe is not so much a complimentary piece to Daniil Hunter for this season, but a a replacement, um, given that Hunter is still uh, battling some injury issues. But, man, if they can get Ngokwe and Daniil Hunter healthy, coming coming out of the defensive end positions in that Vikings pass rush, that is going to be formidable. Really formidable because we know what Daniil Hunter can do. And I know Minnesota Jack will be out there. He'll be getting very excited because it seems that uh, with the with the draft capital they've spent here to get Ngokwe, the Vikings are, you know, they're in an all-in season. Now, I don't know if it's Super Bowl or bust, but they are definitely swinging hard this season. And so they should. They've got a roster loaded with talent. You've picked up Justin Jefferson uh, at wide receiver. You've perhaps moved a locker room issue in Stephon Diggs um, down to Buffalo. Now, I'm not saying that's all on Diggs, but the the reality was there seemed like uh, some friction in the Diggs-Vikings relationship. So, you know, you you bring in Justin Jefferson from from LSU. You bring in Jeff Gladney uh, in that secondary from TCU, watched him against uh, Texas when the Horn Frogs took down the Longhorns, and he was exceptional in that game. So, and that's adding to a Vikings team that already had a bunch of great pieces, you know, with Dalvin Cook and uh, Adam Thielen, uh, Kyle Rudolph. There's a bunch of good guys. So, you know, you add Ngokwe and all the guys they've picked up in the draft. This is a team that is primed with talent and you know should rightfully be looking to make a deep playoff run. They've been there or thereabouts for the last sort of three seasons. So 2020, um, the Vikings all in uh, and, and ready to roll with Yannick Ngokwe in that trade. Let's pivot here and talk about the Jacksonville angle of this. So uh, waving Leonard Fournette, and trading Yannick Ngokwe, just part of the fire sale that's been going on in Jacksonville. 
starting back in 2019 with the departure of Jalen Ramsey to the Rams. Uh, and they gave up a lot, uh, the, the Rams, to, to go and get Jalen Ramsey. I believe it was a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick, as well as uh, perhaps a 2021 fourth-round, maybe it was, something like that. Um, so three picks there, including two firsts that the Jags acquired through that Ramsey trade. Then they traded away defensive end Calais Campbell to the Baltimore Ravens for a fifth-round pick in the 2020 draft. And now Yannick Ngokwe. They get that second-round pick in next year's draft, as well as the the potential uh, the, the fifth-round pick in 2022, which can reportedly become the third-round pick. So the Calais Campbell trade makes sense. You know, he was he was a veteran who'd played a lot of seasons, only I think three or four years, uh, three years it was in Jacksonville. But let's just look at what they've given up here. So the Jags have given up defensively a total of 162 games of experience in Jaguars uniform, 69 sacks, 523 tackles, and 11 interceptions. And in return, they've acquired first round pick in 2020, first round pick in 2021, a second round pick in 2021, fourth round and a fifth round uh, in 2021 and 2020 respectively, and then a fifth round pick in 2022. This is a a team that is loading up on draft capital, okay? What is interesting to me is to look at the fact that Yannick Ngokwe took a pay cut to go to the Vikings. He dropped uh, $5.78 million in salary. So his franchise tender went from $17.788 million to $12 million. That's a pretty massive pay cut to take uh, to switch teams. But it, it asks questions to me of what that culture is like in Jacksonville. Now, you've, you've traded away two guys in their mid-20s at the peak of their careers on defense in Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ngokwe. And you can make a case that the Rams and Minnesota are both in win-now mode. So, so you're essentially saying, we are not in a win-now mode. We're going to trade away our most talented pieces for future draft value. But why can't you retain your stars? I, I don't understand, you know, I, it, it, and I don't know what the salary cap makeup is at the moment for the Jags, but it's not like they had, you know, a Patrick Mahomes contract sitting on them that they couldn't financially afford to keep Ramsey or, or, or keep Yannick Ngokwe. I mean, and, and Yannick Ngokwe made it pretty clear that he was not suiting up again for the Jags. So all of this leads me to thinking about it's all very well to be compiling these draft picks. And I've seen from some Jags fans on Twitter saying, you know, oh, it's good, you know, uh, Doug Barone's cleaning house, etc., etc. Okay, all well and good. But don't do you, whose hands do you want those draft resources in? Now, obviously, I've got no idea what, you know, how, how uh, Marone and, uh, is gonna, would handle the picks. And Caldwell as the GM. 
But are those guys really going to be the ones that are there to oversee this this uh, rebuild? Which is what this is, you would think. You've gone from 2017, where you were a, a, a hair away from the Super Bowl, to 2020, and you were essentially admitting that you are the 2020 Miami Dolphins. Um, let's make no bones about it. This team is going to lose a lot of games this season, and they're, they're so like the 2020 Dolphins in the sense that you've got a fun, uh, funky quarterback in Gardner Minshew, who's got interesting facial hair. He's playing that Ryan Fitzpatrick role in his second year in the NFL. Because I think ultimately this team is probably going to turn around next next draft if they have the number one overall pick, and they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. That would not surprise me in the slightest. Which leads me to an article I read um, that quoted former New York Jets GM Mike Tannenbaum. And he said, there's a lot of speculation that Dabo Sweeney, who's been on the short, this is his quote, who's been on the short list of multiple head coaching searches, could be a coach that teams want to talk about. This would be the perfect storm, and here's why. He's immensely popular in that area of the country, and if he can go with Trevor Lawrence right down the road to Jacksonville with all those picks and cap room, that's the ideal situation. Uh, a number of NFL general man managers, they see Dabo in the same mold as Pete Carroll, a high-energy guy. Pete Carroll has been a coach in college and the pros. If Dabo was going to do it, and that's a big if, this would be the perfect situation. So I had a look. Dabo Sweeney has 13 years head coaching experience at Clemson with a win-loss record of 130 and 31. He's got two national championship titles in the last five seasons. I would ask the Jacksonville fans right now, if you could guarantee a Pete Carroll-level program turnaround under Dabo Sweeney, you'd punch that ticket in a heartbeat. You would do that right now. If you said 2021, we're going to front up with as much as we love Gardner Minshew, we're going to front up with Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Sweeney trying to turn this, this Jacksonville Jags program around. I think they would do that in a heartbeat. You know, the comparison to Carroll, you know, if you could get what, what Carroll has done in Seattle, make a team that's eternally competitive, basically irrespective of who, who what they've got on their roster... And obviously, they won that Super Bowl back in uh, the 2013 season when they obliterated Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos 43-8 to and would have gone back-to-back -back had it not been for that pass call late in the game. Like, you got Jacksonville fans must would sign up for that at a moment's notice, I'm sure. And it, it, look, whether it's Dabo Sweeney or not, it sort of makes a lot of sense to me that we're going to see a staffing change in Jacksonville in 2021 because you are going to have a season full of losses this season. Right? That's what I'm imagining. I don't see how, you know, that this Indianapolis Colts team is going to be pretty dang strong this year. The Texans are, you know, they've got enough talent this year. They are going to be pretty dang strong. Again, so 
And then, obviously, the Tennessee Titans. So the Jags are the odd team out in this division. The other three teams in their own division are competing for playoffs this season. That's the Colts' expectation with Phillip Rivers. That's the Texans' expectations with Deshaun Watson. That's the Titans' expectation with what they were able to achieve last year. That is what they are angling for, the other three teams in the divisions, and Jacksonville are blowing it up. If you're, if you're in a mode where you think you're going to go to the playoffs, you don't trade guys in their mid-20s at the peak of their career for draft picks, no matter how rich the draft picks are. There's a handful of teams that are going to be as, as, as probably as, as uncompetitive I'm not going to say uncompetitive, because you even look at the Dolphins last year, they were competitive in the sense that the players wanted to go out there and try and win. But the front office traded away so much talent that that made that difficult to do on a consistent basis. So I'm not going to say not competitive, because I don't believe that any coaching staff or any playing group in the NFL fronts up for a season going, we don't want to try and win. The thing is, if you're eyeing off, we want to do a rebuild or we need to do a rebuild to rejig this roster with, you know, new front office or new player, whatever it might be, you know, there's a period there where as competitive as, as those guys in the locker room want to be, as competitive as the coaches want to make that team, it becomes difficult with the amount of talent you have available to you. I look at teams like the Jets, who are starting to sort of fall into this category with what they're losing on defense. And so it it makes not a lot of sense to me that if they're going to do this, if they're going to make these trades away, that we wouldn't see new front office staff, new coaching staff at the helm going into 2021. I could be totally wrong. But I wonder if we're in caretaker mode in 2020 for Jacksonville. We're going to see what happens with the season. Um, like, you couldn't bring someone new in now. You couldn't bring a new coach in, a new coaching staff, a new GM in now. You need to see 2020 through with what you've got laid out in front of you. But 2021? Do you, do you clean house? Do you go, look, we've got all this draft capital. Now's the time. We're going to make these changes. We're going to get a, a, a new figure in. We're going to get new ideas in. We're going to get a fresh perspective. And again, if you could lure a guy like Dabo Sweeney, and I think the Pete Carroll uh, comparison is pretty interesting. If you And if you can pair him with his quarterback from college, I mean, honestly, all of this stuff sounds sort of unlikely. You know, it just seems unlikely. How often does this happen where, you know, a college coach comes with his college quarterback, takes over an NFL franchise? Like, these storylines, they make sense in our heads. They make sense in podcast episodes, you know, recorded in early September. And and down the road, we look back and go, well, that didn't make any sense, actually, in hindsight. And why would Dabo leave Clemson, et cetera, et cetera? Does he even want to have a crack at the NFL, as much as an NFL franchise might look at a guy like a Dabo Sweeney, like a Lincoln Riley, and think we would love the opportunity to get them in our building. 
Do those guys even want to make the jump? They might be perfectly happy doing what they're doing at Clemson, at Oklahoma, etc. But if anything 2020 has taught us, it's that life gets weird and football gets weird. You know, Tom Brady's playing for the for the Patriots. And, you know, perhaps if there ever was an opportunity, maybe the 2021 Jags, with the opportunity to take Trevor Lawrence first overall, could be it. Maybe that would be enough to lure a guy like Dabo Sweeney to the NFL with the prospect of rebuilding this program. It'll be interesting to see how Matt Rule goes this season. Because I think... if you're a guy like Dabo, you don't want to come to the to the NFL and not succeed. You want to these guys wherever they go, they want to be the best. Tell you what, there's not going to be a lot of teams who look like competing for the Jags for that number one pick this season. You know, I look at a team like the Jets could be pretty could be pretty horrible, uh, but you wonder if they are horrid. Are they out on Sam Darnold? I don't know. I, that would be a lot. I think, you know, the main, one of the biggest hamstrings for the Jets this season is how much they've lost on defense. So I think even if the Jets have, you know, secured that first overall pick, do they want to take another quarterback? I, I That's unlikely without seeing what happens in 2020. And that seems pretty unlikely to me. So what other team in the league is going to be bad enough to usurp the Jags for the number one pick heading into 2021. If you if you can go out and get Trevor, maybe that is appealing to Dabo. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. And, you know, of course, this will all be utterly wrong. The Jags will pull out some crazy 9-7 and seven wild card slot entry out of the, the AFC South, which is traditionally just a meat grinder of, you know, teams between 9 and 7 and 10 and 6. So it'll probably all be meaningless. Doug Marone will lead them to a Super Bowl in 2022 and uh, we can forget this episode of the podcast ever happened. (laughs) But it's kind of a fun idea. It's kind of a fun idea. I think Dabo would be an interesting personality to have in the NFL for sure. I know there's so many people that Pete Carroll rubs up the wrong way. I'm absolutely sure uh, that Dabo Sweeney would probably have a similar impact on a lot of people uh, in the NFL landscape. So I think it'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting to, if you could pair him with his college quarterback. That'd be pretty, pretty fascinating. Also, underrated side story that he would be in a division with another one of his former Clemson quarterbacks in Deshaun Watson. That'd be interesting. That'd be great. Trevor Lawrence and Davo Sweeney going up against Deshaun Watson uh, every season in the AFC South. That'd be great. What a great storyline. Love it. All right. Let's wrap this episode up. Hope that you've enjoyed it. The JBFE will be back for its 50th episode, baby. We've reached 50. Uh, so that'll be Monday uh, for Australian listeners. Sunday 
for you fine folks in America. And we'll be joined by Minnesota Jack and David Vaughn for a very special NFL team draft. And then, of course, we're into the thick of it with the NFL season. And uh, on the 50th birthday episode, I'll make a very special announcement uh, for a new weekly episode that's going to be coming your way across the 2020 NFL season. So I'll announce that on the 50th birthday episode. But until next time, you guys have been great. I've been reasonable. It's the JBFE. Thanks so much for listening. joining us on the Jake Botel Football Experience. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at Jake Botel Football Experience and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, we invite you to support the JBFE on Patreon and you'll receive additional exclusive bonus content. Thank you again for joining us at the JBFE.